You are listening to the Campus Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Dinah Jansen. Each Wednesday on CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, I welcome a new guest from Queen's University to discuss news, issues, upcoming events, initiatives, and services for the benefit of Queen's students, faculty, staff, and alumni. Thanks for tuning in to this podcast, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, and welcome to Campus Beat. I'm Dinah Jansen. On December 3rd, the MasterCard Foundation and the Dun & Deshpande Queens Innovation Center, or the DDQIC, have announced a partnership offering free virtual entrepreneurship training and an opportunity to receive startup funding to more than 1,000 students through the Jim Leach MasterCard Foundation Fellowship on Entrepreneurship for African Students here at Queens University. The program launched in September 2020, and it provides students and recent graduates from African universities within the MasterCard Foundation Scholars Program with the opportunity to apply to a free virtual entrepreneurship training program delivered by Queen's University's DDQIC program. Through this program, award-winning faculty and some of the best innovators, policymakers, and business strategists collaborate to support students to become Jim Leach MasterCard Foundation Fellows. And during the 2020-2021 academic year, 1,252 students participated and more than 60% of the cohort were women, recognizing the additional barriers women face when starting a business or seeking employment in the continent of Africa. Prospective fellows receive access to a curated list of online entrepreneurship courses developed at DDQIC and work through the disciplined entrepreneurship framework developed at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, or MIT. The fellowship is designed to address unemployment among post-secondary graduates by equipping thousands of students and recent grads with sufficient entrepreneurial training to initiate and grow their businesses. And today, we have the great pleasure of chatting with Titos Chembezi at the University of Cape Town in South Africa. She was the $5,000 prize winner at the Dun & Deshpande Queen's Innovation Center Summer Pitch Competition and said the pitch experience provided her with a boost of confidence. And she's here with us now. Welcome to Campus Beat here at CFRC, Titos. Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure. It really is a pleasure. We are, uh, you're li- literally living in the future several hours ahead of time uh, as we're speaking literally across the globe with each other right now. This is really fun. Uh, congratulations on winning this summer pitch competition. Titos, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your studies at the University of Cape Town? Um, yes. So I'm doing my master's in financial technology at the University of Cape Town and specializes in the field of data science and blockchain technology. The reason why I chose the program actually is because I started a startup called Altery that specializes in alternative credit scoring. So what we do is we look at the informal sector and we understand the information asymmetry that financial institutions have when they try to as to why they can't loan out or give credits to the informal sector. And we try to bridge for that using mobile data from uh, wallets, uh, because predominantly in in Africa, mobile money really has been a hit um, to access people in remote areas. 
And then additionally, we just, once the, our user gets this permission, we'll use um, mobile phone data, and that goes into a user's credit score. And then the financial institution is the one that ultimately decides if they're going to give a loan. And it's usually nano loans, um, just as a form of credit exposure. That's essentially what, what we do. And the whole point of coming to the university is because um, it's the first program of its kind on the continent. And it's also being sponsored. And also it was curated by the University of Oxford and MIT. So it's kind of like the MIT of Africa. Um, yeah, and that's why I came to do the program itself. Fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing. Now, how did you learn about the Dun & Deshpande Queen's Innovation Center's summer pitch competition here at Queen's University? I'm a person that always seeks opportunity. Um, once a week, or to be quite honest, like once a day, I go on the Opportunities for Africans website. Then I found the Jim Leach uh, Mastercard Foundation program. And I read through the terms and conditions and I found it to be a very interesting program, six months long, and they just help student entrepreneurs or recent graduates uh, build out their ideas or if you have an existing business, I figured perhaps I could learn quite a lot because they have the discipline entrepreneurship framework um, and also the exposure of getting trained by international um, renowned world-class faculty and also meeting more student entrepreneurs on the continent. Who knows if collaboration can be, can be met? And I decided just to apply for the program. Um, mm -hmm. And we started with like over a thousand and it was filtered down to just a few of us for the summer pitch competition. Okay, thank you. So now uh, we've learned a little bit from about your motivations too, and what attracted you to uh, participate in this competition earlier this summer. Can you tell us now, uh, Titos, a little bit about your pitch? Yes. So leading up to the pitch, actually, um, our program coaches did a weekly basis of us practicing our pitches, just making sure we refine it um, because they would only pick the top from the whole cohort to do the competition itself. And for the competition, we did a pre-recording of our pitch that the judges viewed and then they got to access questions live. Um, and then we also had to record a brief intro of our startups for the audience members that join in from Canada and the rest of the world to get a glimpse of what actually we're doing because they also got to vote um, as there was also a different uh, set prize available apart from what the judges were going to give out. Um, so it was really quite exciting. Fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing. And now, Titos, in the press release uh, we received from Queen's University, uh, you were quoted as uh, saying that you learned to move past the stigma that startups from the African continent may not be competent enough compared to the West, and that the competition also gave you the courage to see the world as your oasis. So I wonder for our listeners, Titos, can you tell us a little bit more first about the stigma about startups from African continents that, uh, that you described? Well, for instance, um, if like the continent itself has 
good enough developers to build a competent, competent solution that can even be promoted in um, the Western Hemisphere um, is something that I think people do look down on. Um, it's only just a few startups that we've seen recently that have been getting significant amount of investment from, from the West and even actually even from the East. So the fintech space is, is quite, it's growing. And I just wanted to show um, not only even from the West, but local students and young entrepreneurs that wherever you're from, it doesn't matter. For as long as you can provide value to the other person, that's what will get you far. That's what will get you business. That's what will get you noticed. Okay. Thank you so much. And now what about seeing the world as your oasis? Now that you've won the summer pitch competition, how are you hoping to develop your pitch into a full-on reality? Well, um, financial inclusion is a problem that's not only in Africa, but it's also in some parts of Asia. And luckily for our product, it's not, I mean, we start out with the low income sector, but it's a solution that we can cross sell into middle class and upper class. And that's just more of our long-term plan. For us right now, we just want to solve the immediate needs as we see them. And then from there, we will take on the world. Um, mm -hmm. and, and that's just, we're just going to take it day by day. And the competition really gave us that booster and confidence to know that um, we are on the right track and that the solution, I mean, the problem that we are trying to solve for is one that's recognizable by the global community. And we just hope that we will reach all the people that we want to help. Fantastic. And now what does your day-to-day -day look like, Titos? What are you working on right now? My day-to-day -day is mixed because I'm still kind of doing my program. Um, I just finished my uh, coursework. So right now I'm wrapping up my thesis work. And then mm -hmm. from there, I usually have either meetings because we have partnered with a few organizations and startups. And we're just in our trial phase right now we were interacting with a few customers um, and seeing whether it's very easy and comprehensible for them to use it. Uh, are there some design changes that we need to make? So it's a really iterative process before we fully launch. And mm -hmm. that's more of my day-to-day -day when either some part of the code is not working or um, something else is down, we need to fix that immediately. Or when do we need to raise money to move on to the next stage? Um, and then I'm also juggling school as well. It's, it's just a mixture of both on a daily basis. So it sounds like you're pulling like 80 hour weeks probably <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Wow. You also have to kind of balance when do you, you know, bring in more, recruit more talent but with a limited budget, you know, um, <laughs> I think it's, it's just the typical problem problems of every startup entrepreneur. <laughs> well, in the, in the midst of all of this work, what are you doing to take care of yourself and, and stay well? It, it sounds like a, a, an enormous amount of responsibility on your plate right now. Um, I'm a spiritual person, so I do a lot of reading, like the Bible and soul searching. Um, that helps to calm me down. Um, mm -hmm. But I also meet up with my peers from my cohort because the program itself is quite intense. Most of us, this is the first exposure of doing blockchain. Um, 
So we like to just do like every two weeks or something, just go out, blow off some steam. And even some of them ask me like, how are you even running your startup part-time? I'm just like, you know, I, I have been given a set of skills and an opportunity. And to me, it's like each day that you're not working on your idea, whether you are still in your idea stage or you're somewhere along your um, business journey, when you don't work on it, you are kind of denying the people that need that service, that product, um, that ability to use it. I think mm -hmm. of the end users and that's what kind of motivates me. I think when you have something that's like bigger than you, that's that helps to get you grinding even when you're very exhausted and just want to be like, oh, today I just want to sleep in. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes a sleep in day is perfectly acceptable too. <laughs> you are a graduate student, that's expected. <laughs> So I wonder, Titos, uh, if, if you can talk to other students in the continent of Africa, what advice might you have for them vis-a-vis -vis getting their own entrepreneurial ideas off the ground? I would say that um, it doesn't have to be perfect. Um, if it can just help mm -hmm. the nearest person that you want to help, just start with that and go with it it kind of just your business kind of grows becomes a snowball effect nobody ever knows 100 from the beginning um and just enjoy the journey most of us really look at the goal like look being successful and all of that but the thing is success being successful is relative once you reach the goal that you want, when you get there, at some point, you're going to want an even higher goal. So rather than focusing on the end result, enjoy the journey. Hardships are not nice, but they build character. <laughs> <laughs> Fabulous advice. Thank you so much. Anything else to add before we close? I, I look forward to seeing um, the next cohort. I hope there'll be even bigger and more exciting ventures that come out of uh, next year's program and that there'll be more collaboration and we can see more startups being unicorns, not only on the continent, but across the world. Folks, we have been chatting with Titos Chembezi, who recently won the a $5,000 prize in the Dunin Deshpande Queen's Innovation Center Summer Pitch Competition. Thank you so much for telling us all about your work, uh, your, your entrepreneurial project, and, uh, and your motivations behind it. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for having me. <laughs>
Summer Pitch Competition. In this next segment, we're chatting with Jim Leach, member of the Order of Canada, former chair of the board of directors of the MasterCard Foundation, and of course, Chancellor Emeritus of Queen's University. With Jim, we'll be chatting more about the Jim Leach MasterCard Foundation Fellowship on Entrepreneurship for African Students. So, Jim, welcome back to CFRC once again. Nice to see you. Well, it's great. Fantastic to be back. I was on campus two weeks ago to give some honorary degrees, and uh, it was great to see people. <laughs> well, we are so happy you were able to actually visit campus and, and that you were able to celebrate in the honorary degree giving ceremonies. That's fantastic. So, Jim, today we are talking about the relatively new Jim Leach MasterCard Foundation Fellowship on Entrepreneurship for African Students. Tell us more about this fellowship program and what inspired it. Well, maybe I can go back to the background around MasterCard. Yeah. Uh, MasterCard Foundation uh, that I chaired for a number of years is the second largest foundation in the world next to Bill Gates. Uh, its total value <laughs> is around 43 billion US dollars, headquartered in Toronto. Very few people know that. Um, the other interesting part is it's totally separate from MasterCard, the, you know, the uh, credit card company. Yeah. Uh, they formed it, but they set it up independently and there's no connection between the two. Okay. It's focused. Uh, it's only about 12 years old um, and its focus has been on Africa. Um, its mandate is to... Um, uh, cure poverty of the world's most poor through youth education and financial inclusion. So that's kind of banking the unbanked. Mm -hmm. uh, and they chose Africa as its, as its focus. And right now it gives away to Africa, it gives away, it invests annually over a billion dollars into the African continent, which makes it by far the largest um, uh, development uh, organization focused entirely on Africa. Mm -hmm. And in, in, in looking at how Africa can, uh, you know, eradicate poverty, how it can uh, make it move forward, the understanding or the, the, the objective was we need to stimulate youth employment. Mm -hmm. We need to, as a foundation, we need to invest in areas that are going to give meaningful um, and fulfilling jobs to young Africans um, into the future. And in order to do that, that's not going to be done by, you know, the multinationals, General Motors or General Electric, hiring a few more people. The only way that's <laughs> going to really happen is if uh, smaller businesses expand. So a, a small business with 10 employees grows to 30 employees. And you do that on a wide scale uh, basis. Mm -hmm. So that's how they've been attacking um, the marketplace in order to, again, as I said, address the, um, uh, the, the poverty issue. And, and so they've, been, they've got all sorts of programs that uh, provide capital or uh, free up capital from the banks, et cetera, to go into small businesses uh, um, to, to grow. But an integral part is 
you also need new businesses forming and innovation, et cetera. And that's where the idea of um, partnering with an entrepreneurial kind of incubator, stimulator program uh, came, uh, came to fruition. And they, they, um, that coincided with me retiring as chair of the board of MasterCard. So in um, the tribute to my service for MasterCard, um, they chose Queens as the first uh, organization to partner with um, because they knew it had a well-developed entrepreneurial program through the Dun & Dishbande um, uh, facility. Mm-hmm. And so that's how it came to, together. So it, it, um, it bears my name as well as theirs um, basically as a thank you for being chair of the, uh, of the foundation. So that's the long story. Sorry to take so long. We'd love to hear this. Thank you. Uh, We're entering the second year. So we've completed one full phase and it has been incredibly successful, way greater than I think anybody's imagination. The, The original objective for the first year was, you know, do you think it's possible that we could reach um, uh, a thousand people with um, uh, to, to, to even know about this uh, operation. And they, they would lean and they would do that by leaning on the network of universities that MasterCard has um, has created on the continent. Mm-hmm. And with the hope that after they go through their program and it's a three phase program, um, that they'd end up with 15 one five fellows, um, the majority of whom would be women. Uh, and they would be, you know, 15 entrepreneurs who had completed the entire program and had some seed capital to move forward with their idea. Well, the fact is that when they went out and started marketing this program, they had over 4,000 applicants. Wow. And they took that down to uh, just around uh, 1,200 that kind of entered the program. And the program has three phases. It's got uh, what they call explore. Second phase is ignite. And the third um, third phase is launch. Um, So the numbers go as follows. They had 4,000 apply. They chose 1,250. Uh, and they completed a two-month program, uh, which was basically business cases, et cetera. Um, and, that, uh, and, and this is all virtual. I mean, this is the, the beauty of this program is that the students, um, the applicants don't have to leave the continent. Mm-hmm. They can do it and have the full program that's offered to a uh, individual who might be on campus. So there's no... Uh, diminution of, of the value or the impact. So they, they had about 600 people complete that program um, and, and enter the, uh, uh, and from that, 180 were chosen to go on to the second phase, the Ignite phase. And in that they have to you know, build business cases, pitch their ideas um, and, and compete for fellowship money uh, that could be available to take them forward. Mm-hmm. Um, 
at that point, there was about 50% were women, as I said, and they, and 60 of them were then chosen to go into the, as fellows, to go into the launch phase. Uh, and this is where their original objective was 15. So they had four times as many as they expected because the quality was so good. Mm -hmm. uh, and that goes throughout the whole summer. Um, they're each given $500 to help uh, kind of flesh out their idea, uh, pay for a little bit of consulting or whatever to help them. They get coaches, they get mentors, and they develop it into a, um, a full-blown pitch for a business uh, that they have to pitch to a group of um, seasoned entrepreneurs and academics, et cetera. It's kind of like Dragon's Den, <laughs> et cetera. Um, and the prize is to, uh, you know, they're competing for about $30,000 in total uh, to take their ideas uh, forward. And um, it's, it's interesting of that 60%, um, uh, two thirds were women. Um, so they, they hit their objective of over 50%. So it's a, it's a um, fantastic program. Mm -hmm. the, uh, you know, the businesses that won uh, they either get some cash, as I said, or in some cases, some in-kind. So a few of the businesses, uh, instead of receiving cash, received uh, pro bono consulting, um, et cetera. But it, anyway, it's very exciting, as you can tell. I'm excited. Amazing. That's fantastic. Now, one thing I, I wondered if you might be able to comment on, uh, we spoke with uh, Titos Chambezi, uh, whose conversation we heard earlier in the program today. Uh, she had said in her news release um, that the uh, competition um, helped her to learn to move past the stigma that startups from the African continent may not be competent enough compared to the West, and that the competition that she participated in also gave her the courage to see the world as her oasis. I wonder if you can talk a little bit more about uh, specifically what that stigma might be uh, that she that she was speaking about. Well, I think that um, uh, unfortunately. Um, people in the developing world sometimes have an inferiority complex uh, with regard to their abilities uh, to compete. And, and, you know, so often it's the developed world that is bringing the solution. You know, we have the answer to your problem, etc. And here is a young woman who, um, I, I think she created, as I recall, a digital uh, program to score um, credit uh, digitally so a bank or other financial institution could use this product um, to score an individual with regard to their credit worthiness, et cetera. Uh, mm -hmm. And I remember uh, talking to her and she said exactly the same thing, that she went into this competition thinking, you know, oh my gosh, I'm going up against Canadian kids uh, who've had... Uh, you know, the opportunity to attend one of the greatest universities in, uh, in the world, certainly um, uh, one of the best in Canada. And hey, I did really well. Um, and, and, and I think it's that confidence boosting. Um, maybe it's they're surprising themselves a little bit. I, I can tell you from my work in Africa, and I was 
while I was chair of the foundation, I was on the continent four or five times a year, attending universities and meeting all these students. I mean, there are some great entrepreneurs, uh, maybe a mm -hmm. different scale than what we see in North America, but just as innovative, just as driven and just as passionate. Okay, great. So in this sense, then, what is the fellowship program doing to assist uh, the overcoming of stigma and, and maybe even reducing that stigma in the Western world itself? What do you think? Well, I think that um, all of the participants in, in this program, and, and they get to, as, as said, mingle with uh, the entrepreneurs, the other fellows, et cetera, uh, from Canada, uh, et cetera. So they start to build up some ties that way through mentorship, through just a network. We now have mm -hmm. um, 60 Africans who are fellows and are members of this Dun & Dishbande uh, Innovation Center Fellowship uh, Network. And, you know, that alone um, starts opening people's eyes when they get exposed to the ideas and the stimulation. And you'll have people uh, from both the developed and, and world and, and Africans um, working together in groups um, to flesh out ideas. Uh, quite amazing. Awesome. Thank you so much. Now, about what aspects of this program are you most proud, Jim? I, I'm, I'm most proud of the fact that, um, you know, its first year was such a success. And the, um, uh, the Innovation Center has already gone through its postmortem to say, okay, how can we make this better? How can we make it more accessible? Um, uh, dealing with language, for example, uh, because there's some, the Francophonie in Africa, um, you know, the programs in the Explore and Ignite phases now, uh, they can also work in French, uh, not just English. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and with regard to the kind of virtual aspect, the technology is getting better because, you know, in many places in Africa, they don't have 5G. Um, and, and so you've, you're dealing with a much less robust uh, uh, technology. So they had to, they've had to adapt to that, but they have and it's worked and it, it means mm -hmm. they can connect uh, that many more people. I just think it's, it is um, one of my proudest of what I'm most excited about is to see these young entrepreneurs, many of whom um, are, uh, that I'd seen before while I was on the continent, but watch them really blossom and get the confidence with just that, you know, extra bit of academic training, um, working with mentors, working with coaches, et cetera. And all of a sudden, um, yeah, that, that little, little idea becomes a bigger idea and that will lead to more employment, fulfilling uh, and meaningful work for Africans in the future. And, and it's, you know, that's really important. There is a youth dividend in Africa. There are so many youth coming on um, uh, in, in coming of age. And, you know, it is incumbent on us all to make sure that Africa is a success. Uh, because if it isn't a mm -hmm. success, that's going to be trouble. 
Um, and we want to we want to make sure that Africa can live to its potential. And with these young people getting connections, getting mentors, getting coaches, getting their ideas off the ground, we're going to see a very different Africa 15 years from now. Thank you very much. Folks, we have been chatting with Jim Leach about the uh, recently launched Jim Leach MasterCard Foundation Fellowship on Entrepreneurship for African Students. Thanks again for joining us here at CFRC 101.9 FM, Jim. It's always a pleasure, Diana. Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples and brought to you by the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Science.